God's creation, all things have a place. Even death has a role to play. But spring is when nature declares that death is not the end, that life will come again. Raindrops run into streams that become mighty rivers, bringing forth life where there was none. From the beginning, creation has whispered a promise beyond all our hopes. Following these whispers takes us along a well-worn path, walked by millions who have come before us. The path brings us to a tomb. Inside, we find what our hearts long to see. Nothing. An empty tomb, overtaken with life. He is not there. For death could not hold him. He is risen. We are free. Well, good morning. Happy Easter. Oh, you guys. Let's do it like this. Christ is risen, and then you guys say he is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, that sounds great. Not a bad place to celebrate the risen Christ, huh? What a great time. We're glad you guys are here. Want to welcome those of you who are joining us right now uh, online, and especially those uh, who are at an off-site campus. Uh, there are 14 campuses that are watching right now. Uh, including the Conway campus, which celebrates one year uh, anniversary. So let's welcome the campuses. Can we do that? Let's welcome the campuses. Glad you're here. So how many of you would be honest with me and, and say, I've had a bad day at some point in my life? Anybody ever had a bad day? Yeah, hopefully it's not today, all right? How many of you would also say, or have you ever had a hard time getting beyond a bad day? Anybody ever had a hard time getting beyond a bad day? Right. Well, here's, here's what I know about bad days. Uh, we all have them. When you think you're the only one that's having a bad day, you need to remember that there are people around you right now that have an ex's name tattooed somewhere on their body. How do you know that's a bad day? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you say, you know what my bad day is, is my job. I've got the worst job possible. Well, I want you to look at this. I'm not sure you do. Look at the toothbrush. Sometimes I feel I have the worst job in the world. <laughs> Toilet paper. Yeah, right. <laughs> we all have them. I know that bad days come in a variety of colors. Bad day can be as trivial as a bad hair day. I don't have those anymore. <laughs> or as serious as losing a loved one. Um, we all witnessed this week a bad day kind of universally as the Notre Dame Cathedral went up in flames. I mean, this is a piece of history, 800 years old, that took, that's a church that took two or 
Yeah, what, uh, 200 years to build. Can you imagine? We complain about 20 years on this one. 200 years and it's gone. I, I know I read the news this morning from Sri Lanka and uh, we have very close partners in Sri Lanka and churches were bombed this morning in Sri Lanka. And we, we're gonna pray during our prayer time later. I want you to, to pray for Christians around the world that maybe aren't as fortunate as we are and able to worship freely on this day. They come in a variety of colors, but here's what I know is what you do with a bad day is a lot more important than the bad day itself. And you say, why are you talking about bad days on Easter? This is Resurrection Sunday, and it is. But in the whole Easter story, uh, it contains a very, very challenging day and a very bad day. Easter week begins with a celebration uh, you've got Jesus coming into Jerusalem and, and he's at the head of a parade and people are laying palms in front of him as we celebrate Palm Sunday and, and uh, they're shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And uh, it's just a party in the city. But it's not long till we get to Thursday night and what we call Good Friday, which was anything but good for Jesus. Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and uh, he's uh, taken to a trumped up uh, trial. He is tortured, he's crucified, and then he dies. The writer of Matthew describes the end of a very bad day in Matthew 27, 57. It says, as evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of a rock. And then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and he left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and they were watching. You know, Whenever I read something, like, it's very easy to read on a, on a page, just words, or maybe you do like I do, and it's on your, you know, your, your smartphone, uh, you've got a Bible app, and, and you read that. And we can sometimes miss the emotions of the moment. Here's two women, two Marys, who love Jesus. Their lives had been changed by him. They'd followed him, they'd given up everything to follow Jesus and then they watch him. I mean, it, it came suddenly, how did that happen? Oftentimes bad days do come suddenly. They watch him tortured and crucified, he's dead. Now he's put in a tomb and there's a stone there. The finality of that. What are they feeling? Whose fault is this? How could this have happened? How could Judas, one of us, have given him up? The religious leaders are hypocrites and the soldiers and how will we ever get through this? Then they go home on a Friday night and I doubt that there was much sleep in the camp that night. They woke up the next morning which was Saturday and it was a celebration, it was the Shabbat, the Sabbath but it also was the Passover and the whole city was abuzz with this giant celebration, yearly celebration. Well, they're not celebrating. And on Saturday night, they go to sleep, and it probably it's a repeat of Friday night. 
But then the writer of Matthew in Matthew 28 and verse one says this. It says, early on Sunday morning, as a new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the same two that were outside of the tomb and they watched him be put there. So they went out to visit the tomb. Of course, they were gonna put the spices that were necessary for burial. But um, the, the, the phrase that always catches me when I read this is that they went out on the dawning of a new day. Now, they probably didn't even notice it was a new day. It felt like an old day. It felt like an extension of the same bad day. But God was gonna birth something fresh and something new on the dawning of this new day. And here's what I wanna say to you. I don't care where you are, what's going on in your life, you know, the best thing that could happen to you is the dawning of a new day. And I believe that an extension of this uh, Easter celebration, I believe that's one of the things that God wants to do for each one of us. And so what I wanna do is I wanna talk to you for just a few minutes about how to get through a bad day well, okay? We all have bad days. Some of us are in one now, some of us are not. Here's bad news for you, you'll have one coming. Take good notes. But how do you get through a bad day well? Here's number one. Stop blaming and start forgiving. Best thing you can do is stop blaming and start forgiving. Because the first thing that we wanna do when we have a bad day is find somebody to blame, right? Whose fault is this? Somebody needs to own up. Somebody needs to accept responsibility for what they've done. Here's the problem. What if they never do? What if whoever hurts you or whoever you believe is at the bottom of your bad day, what if they never own up to it, say, my bad, I'm sorry, I did that? What if they never do? Does that mean that you stay in your bad day? You see, uh, if, 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 you've, if somebody else, when you blame others, you give up the power to change your destiny. That's why Jesus' actions on the cross are so important. Let's roll back just a little bit. Jesus is, is being crucified and Luke chapter 23 and 33 says it this way. He says, when they came to a place called the skull, Golgotha, they nailed him to the cross and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right, one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine that? I, I'm not sure that's the first thing I would have said. They know exactly what they're doing. In fact, at the foot of the cross, those that had beat him, tortured him, were now mocking him and were gambling for his clothing. As Jesus cries out and he says, Father, forgive them. Here's the principle. Here's the principle. Forgive as quickly as you can. See, as quickly, the quicker you forgive, the faster you can move on. What if I'm not ready to forgive somebody who ruined my bad day, well, or good day. Just remember that every day that passes allows them to mess up another potential good day for you. So let's make it personal. Who are you blaming for a bad day? Who do you need to forgive as Jesus did in order to move on to the new day that God has for you? It might be an ex who treated you wrong. It might be a former business partner who took advantage of you. It could be a roommate who made your year at college miserable. Might be a drunk driver 
who took a loved one too soon. Could be your abuser from years ago, or maybe even more importantly, it could be yourself, who you never, ever forgive yourself, and you're harder on yourself than anybody else. Remember, if we crowd our brains and our lives with unforgiveness and hurt feelings, there's little room for anything positive. So the first way you move on from a bad day is stop blaming and start forgiving. Let me give you a second way, is let go of the bad day before you're ready. Let go, you know, at some point you gotta move on, but we're almost never ready to move on when it's time to move on. How do you let go? Here's one way. You stop rehearsing every detail of your bad day. Have you ever done that? You had a bad day? And I can put up with about anything if I can complain about it. How many of you are kind of like that? And you just rehearse it, and you just rehearse it, and everybody you come into contact with, you repeat, and you tell. Even when you say, I'm not going to talk about that anymore, well, let me just tell you one more detail. And here's what happens. When you rehearse it, when you bring it up over and over and over again, then, then it, just, it, just gets, it, it just gets fresher and fresher and fresher. And so to let it go is to stop reliving the pain of the past. Stop going over the details of your story in your head even every time you think of the situation or the person. Sometimes you gotta make a decision just to move on even before you're ready. I like in the story it says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary Early in the morning, they went. They went to visit the tomb. They probably didn't feel like it. They didn't want to do that. You never do. The first day back is always the hardest day. The first day since. The first day after. But they did it. They went. Now, if you're going to let go of the past in order to step into your new day, there will always be obstacles in the way. For them, there were obstacles. Mark 16 and verse three, they're on their way and they stopped and asked each other, hey, who's gonna roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? You know, in the first century uh, burial grounds, there, there's a, a cave, basically, and there's a stone and the stone is uphill and it takes several people to roll it down and it goes into a rut, okay? And it's a whole lot easier to roll a stone into a rut then get a stone out of a rut. Would you agree with that? Amen. In our lives, it's very, very similar. A lot of us uh, have this huge stone to the entrance of our destiny because it's stuck in a rut. For some of us, it's a deep rut of discouragement. Discouragement. You felt discouraged yesterday. You felt discouraged last week. You've even felt a little bit discouraged today. And there's a deep rut of discouragement. It seems like there's a stone blocking your way out and you can't get out by yourself. Could be a deep rut of fear, of fear. Or maybe it's a deep rut of regret about some decision that you've made and you just can't see a way out. Well, I love that it says uh, that they had this conversation on the way. I mean, they, they saw the tomb and they saw the stone rolled the day before, but they decided to get up and go and then on the way, what are we gonna do about this? This is bigger than us. They took a step of faith toward a new day. And so let me ask you, what's a step of faith that you need to take in letting go of your bad day? Maybe it's to stop rehearsing your hurt. Maybe it's just to get up and, and, and go somewhere. 
For some of you, you did it today. You came to church. Maybe this isn't a normal pattern for you, but I wanna tell you something. It's the right thing to do because the truth was they were just a few steps from a miracle. They didn't know it. They didn't feel anything, but because of their step of faith to let go and move forward, they were just a few steps from a miracle. Look at the next verse. It says, suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. They couldn't roll aside the stone, but God sent someone who could, and he will in your circumstance too. Easter is all about removing stones. God is in the stone removal business, and you, regardless of what rut you're in, you may just be a few steps from a miracle, because on the other side of that stone was a new day. How many of you would agree that bad days become better days? when we choose to give thanks to the God of all of our days, amen? So when you're having a bad day, stop blaming and start forgiving. Let go of that bad day so it doesn't ruin the next one. And here's the one I love, I'm the most excited about, and that's focus on making today the best day of the rest of your life. That's what I love about the Easter story. The day that begins in the worst possible way becomes the greatest day in history that we're celebrating today. That's what God does. That's what he does in the Easter story, and that's what he does for us. Look at Matthew 28, verse five. It says, then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. Well, he isn't here. He has risen from the dead just because, uh, just as he said would happen, come and see where his body was lying and go tell everybody about it. Now here, listen to me, okay? If you don't remember anything else today, and studies tell us you remember very little about what we say, you know, on the weekend, it's the truth. So this is actually a one-point message that all the rest of it has been pointing to this moment right now. If you don't remember anything else, you remember this. Sometimes, when things seem to be falling apart, they may actually be falling into place. Sometimes, when things seem to be falling apart in your life, in this story, they may really be falling into place. The disciples thought the plan that they had, they thought that their lives were falling apart, and the reality, it was all a part of God's plan. It was now starting to fall into place. I... Uh, I remember almost 20 years ago, I could have sworn things were falling apart. Some of you were here 20 years ago. We were worshiping in a smaller space and we are having three, four, five services, six, starting our sixth service. And, uh, and we were gonna build this building right here 20 years ago, maybe just a little bit bigger version of it. And uh, we went to town council in Mount Pleasant and uh, I remember the day that they said we couldn't build a larger facility. I thought things were falling apart. I, I, uh, I went to my, well actually first thing I did was curse the devil. <laughs> I thought the devil was on the town council. <laughs> Some of you know <laughs> what that was like. 
If some of you are here today, I'm sorry. <laughs> Next thing I did is I went to my office right across the street on Long Point Road here. And I, uh, man, I was feeling bad. What are we gonna do? That things are falling apart. And uh, I went in my office and I did what I do when I'm discouraged is I turned the lights off and closed the windows and turned on some country music. <laughs> because with country music, they always lose something, right? <laughs> Truck, a dog, a girlfriend, you know. They say if you play it backwards, they, they, they get it all back. I don't know, I have no idea. <laughs> but I was feeling absolutely miserable, miserable. It was in that moment, really was, that I had a revelation that I should have had earlier, but I didn't, it's okay, that has driven my life until this point, and that's this, that God is omniscient, and it's real hard to surprise an omniscient God. Would you agree with that? God's never had a day where he says, my bad, I didn't see that coming, okay? And if, and, and if God isn't surprised, even when you are, and some of you are surprised right now by something going on with one of your kids, by something in your family, by something in your finances, by something in your job. You've had a bad day. Never saw it coming. And just because you're surprised doesn't mean that God is surprised. And if God isn't surprised, he's at work on the solution before you ever knew that there was a problem. Well, you know, I thought things were falling apart for us, but they really weren't. There was a new day that was dawning. That day was called multi-site. As you know, there wasn't really multi-site before then and we had to kind of figure it out and so uh, we strategized and began to plant campuses and right now, you guys, there's 14 campuses. There are more people watching right now through that camera than there is in this building at any given service. That's an applause line actually, uh, you guys missed it. <laughs> so, so, so let me tell you something. So we're into about our third or fourth campus and I ran into a town council guy. I think he's moved away, so it's okay to talk, talk about him. And I ran, ran into him at like the, um, the shopping center or something and he comes up to me and he says, we're so proud of you. Aren't, aren't, don't you think we had just a small part of launching you into your destiny? I'm not gonna tell you what I was thinking, okay? I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> I just smiled and said, yes, you were. You know, he had more insight than I had. Because the truth was, while I thought things were falling apart, actually they were just falling together. And that's the, that's the lesson of Easter for us this year. Today, Another new day dawns for our church. Today in Mount Pleasant, we're sitting in a worship center that was nearly two decades in the making. But this isn't the end of the journey. It's just the beginning of our best days because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And because of Jesus, this could be the best day of the rest of your life. I'm not saying that the rest of your life is downhill. I'm saying this is the best and it gets better from here. Look at 
First Peter 1 and verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into what? Let's say it together. A living hope. Let's try it again. A living hope. It's not just a fleeting hope. Like my hope that the Cubs will someday win the World Series again within the next hundred years. That's a fleeting hope. Because of Jesus Christ, we have been born again into a living hope. Hope every day through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. His resurrection shows that he has the power to turn your worst day into a new day. His resurrection proves that he has the power over life and death. His resurrection means that we can have the confidence that when it looks like things are falling apart, they're really just falling together because this is the dawning of a new day. See, a new day brings hope. Romans 15 and verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How many of you could use a little more joy and peace? How do you get it? Look at this. As you what? As you trust in him so that you may overflow. Say overflow together. Overflow with what? With hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you, how many of you would be a good thing just to have more hope than you could put in your bucket? Just overflow with hope. How do you think that would make a better day? I think it would. Well, that's what God wants for you. It says that, that joy and peace comes as we trust in him. Have you done that? Have you done that yet? Have you trusted God with your life? What does that mean? That means you say, you know, I believe that Jesus overcame death, the resurrection. I don't understand all about it, but I believe it. And he has a plan for my life. And I'm going to trust his way more than my way. Have you come to that point where you've said, I wanna trust you? If you will, and if you do, he will overflow you with joy and peace and hope. Some of us, have you trusted him with your current bad day? Maybe you're in a rut. There's a stone that's too big. Maybe you're at the point of giving up. How about just trust up rather than give up? Because Jesus raised from the dead, there's no such thing as a hopeless situation. He wants to overflow you with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit, same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna pray for you. And I want you just to kind of pray along and, and then we're gonna respond to him in whatever way that he wants us to respond. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for this wonderful group of people on Resurrection Day. We come here in various circumstances and situations. And some of us, our hearts are overflowing with hope because we've learned to put our trust in you. Others of us, it's waned somewhat because of some difficult days that we're having. And today we wanna recalibrate, get out of the rut, put our trust in you. And some of us never have, really. And today is the dawning of a new day for us. 
So I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in this house. In your name we pray, amen.